Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to a suave experience with your host, Darius D. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Hopefully all is well with you. And without further ado, I got to say Happy New Year to you guys. This is the first episode of the year. I've been doing this for three years. I haven't been the most consistent as far as like, I want to say last year and the year before is mainly because of the fact that I was doing other things as well, but I'm going to try to be as consistent as I can, but still bear with me. I'm going to like try to post at least once a week. And I think I can handle that because I also post on my YouTube channel once a week and I was on TikTok, but I'm not on TikTok any lo- anymore for personal reasons. So you won't see me on there anymore. I don't use it, but, um, you can still find me on YouTube, and you can still find me here, and you can still find me on my food page, which is some swab food. This is a whole swab thing we're going to take over. Hopefully, you guys have a great and productive year. I wish you nothing but the best for all of you guys who listen and been supporting me since 2018, since I was 20 years of age. Now I'm 22, turning 23, so... You guys been rocking with me for three years, and I appreciate that deeply. I know a lot of people say that with emptiness in their heart. They don't mean it, but I genuinely mean it because without you guys supporting and tuning into the episodes, I don't even care about the numbers. Obviously, you want the numbers to grow, but if I can just shed light and have a good experience with this podcast, no matter how big it grows. And if I can just shed light and happiness and bring information and education to just one person, all credit is due to God. Only the mistakes are mine. So that's why I continually do this. I didn't just leave it hanging hanging dry because I know that for the first part I put in the work and it might take some time it will take some time and I think if I were to because I didn't want to make a bunch of episodes throughout the week that are haphazard episodes and that I didn't really care about I'm just trying to push out as much context as I could and I could have done that but to be honest with you I don't want to do that because it's not fair to the consumer. You want good quality content, stuff that actually puts effort into it. And I actually thought it through, not just me waking up and talking about nothing. So I could do that, but I don't want to. But anyways, going onward with this episode. Sorry, y'all. But um, going on with this episode, we're going to talk about YouTubing and boxing. And how it's changed the fabric of sports and what could possibly come from this. So we're going to get to that in an in-depth review about it in today's episode. So please share this podcast with whoever you want to share it with. It doesn't matter. Just share it because it shows Didi that you, in fact, care, care about the show. And as well, make sure subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use so anything that you want to use whether it's from spotify apple music doesn't matter or uh, even google podcast doesn't matter we're on 12 different platforms people so we're doing our thing over here 
So you can find us anywhere, anywhere at any time. And also make sure you follow me on Instagram underscore DD the suave kid 15. That way you can chime in and give your input if you have any questions or concerns hit me up in the dms and just let me know what goes down or what (laughs) what you guys are thinking about i just wanted to throw that in there but yeah just let me know and without further ado let's get right into the episode yo we're back in the house we're definitely in the house y'all hopefully You guys are still tuned in, still paying attention, all that stuff. So here's the question of the day for you guys. Who is your favorite boxer, okay, of all times? Um, I have a pretty decent list myself. I would say that um, I'm a huge Tyson fan, even though I didn't watch him growing up. I'm a huge Ali fan, even though I didn't watch him, R.I.P. Muhammad Ali. And if I were to say that, if I were to say that I had a person or a boxer that I admire the most, it would probably be uh, Floyd Mayweather because he was in my lifetime. I did watch him growing up and I love boxing is one of my favorite sports in the world behind football and basketball yeah and behind football and basketball i put soccer behind boxing because i didn't watch it for like a whole spell like i only started watching soccer again in like 2015 because i just had a knack for it but um i would say and i would tell you guys that when it comes to boxing right it's one of the most intricate sports. A lot of people think it's a barbarian sport. A lot of people think that it is a sport that is not a smart sport. It is barbaric and it promotes violence. Now, I think it's controlled violence. And to be honest with you, if you think about humans, humans are pretty violent. You don't have to teach a kid how to hit. You don't have to teach a kid how to pull hair or do all these different things. We have it in our nature, okay? It's just that we learn to control it and we set rules and parameters. Most of it comes from God. Not most of it. All of it comes from God. And then we apply it to our own lives. So in order to make ourselves more civilized human beings, that's why we have correction facilities and all these different things. But before I go on a whole tangent about that, but we, a lot of people don't like the idea of it. And I understand that regard, but look at it. There's a science behind boxing. There's a psychology behind it, which is very intricate that you have to look into. And if you talk to many boxers, they'll tell you about it because I look at as boxing as a metaphor for life because when you're going in life, you're going to face these trials and these problems. You're going to have to fight them. All right. They're not going to go anywhere because that's how life is. Life is a continuous um, journey and it's a continuous battle. Some 
fights, you lose some fights, you win, but you have to fight in order to live. Basically, when you are born, you're literally getting pushed out out of your mother, right? And once you get pushed out of your mother, you gasp for air. You don't know where you are. You're just, you're not in your first comfortable space in her stomach. And I think when it comes to boxing, it's like that. You're put in an uncomfortable position. And then when that doctor slaps you, it's uncomfortable and you start crying and you don't know where you are. You don't know what's going on, but each day you live, you get older, you start to get more understanding about things. And then you think one thing as a child, then life hits you with a left hook. And then you're like, yo, what's going on? I thought life was this way. And then you try and you study a little bit more and you have more experiences and you're like, okay, no, life is like this. And then life hits you with a jab and it keeps jabbing you with this nagging thing that's bothering you in your life and it's changing you and it's pushing your limits. And when it comes to that, you think, okay, I got this. So you probably sidestep. You come up, you apply the pressure, you go in attack mode. That might be your 20s. Then it hits you with the uppercut. Then you fall down. And then the referee is giving you the count. Will you be able to get back up? Or will you just sit there and let life pass you by and let light the ref count you out? So you see how I just use a whole boxing match as an analogy to how we are with life. Because if you even look at our ancestors, they're fighting to survive. We're in one of the best time periods as far as comfortability. Not for everybody, depending on where you are, but I would say you would more likely, or it it's easier significantly than it was before to live. On average. All right, let me just put that out there before people hit me up with a, a bunch of data. But going back to boxing, although many people detest the sport and look, think it's more gladiator-esque, there's a story behind boxing. It's you and another person going all out in the ring. You have to apply whatever you did at camp you have to apply whatever your coach taught you throughout the years. You have to apply how you, you have to forget how you feel sometimes because you might be scared. You might be overcomfortable or overconfident. And sometimes that goes in the favor of the opponent because you don't want to be too overconfident. And like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan. Until they get punched in the face, and then what are you going to do? So I that's why I like boxing, because it's basically a mirror of what life is. It's a fight, and the question I have for you guys is, will you go the distance? But going back to my original question, so Floyd, May sorry, Floyd Mayweather <laughs> is my favorite 
boxer of all time. Uh, if I'm going to say anything about like Ali or Tyson or all these different um, fighters, they're in my top five. I'm not going to go through that. I think I did that before, but is if I'm going to say the best fighter, in my opinion, of all time would be Floyd. I know a lot of people will argue with that. That's fine. And if it's not Floyd, I'd say maybe Sugar Ray Robinson. But the reason why I'm talking about today, uh, today's episode is because at the end of the day, what I find to be interesting is how boxing is having a resurgence. Now, if you think about it, before or right after Floyd left, which would have been like 2015, 2016, boxing wasn't, it was still popular among fellow boxing purists or boxing fans who like boxing for the sake of boxing. What I did find that was interesting is that when it came to Floyd leaving, it basically left a gap open because you have the young stars coming up and we're looking for the next face of boxing. Who will that be? Is it going to be Anthony Joshua from the heavyweight division? Or is it going to be someone like Devin Haney or Javante Davis or Terrence Crawford from the lower, like, welterweight, um, cruiserweight type of fighters? And because it left the gap open, people didn't know where it could come from. I think a lot of times when it came to boxing, especially during the pay-per-view era, like the 80s and whatnot. You had to have one guy or a couple of guys that would make a draw, right? So basically a draw is, is drawing people's attention to boxing. And the last mega star from that, like before Floyd, would would have been obviously Mike Tyson. Because before that, boxing was pretty much free. I actually have a colleague of mine at my workplace. And he grew up on Ali, right? So he saw all the Ali fights. And he was telling me back in the day, you didn't have to pay for fights. It was on TV televised regularly. So what is important to note is that I think part of boxing's decline is because people didn't see one polarizing figure and they weren't willing to watch it for a fixed cost. And the last person we had that was a polarizing figure was Floyd. Say what you want about Manny Pacquiao. He is really good, obviously. Not giving him anything at all. And he's a draw, but you have to be a sports fan. I think Floyd has the bravado or the ego. And he has, like, the whole ambiance because he's cool with the celebrities. He's in your face. He's brash. He gloats about his money. He goes about him being 
handsome and all that stuff. So you have to have that in order to draw an audience. And I know boxing fans hate that, but that's part of entertainment. No matter what you guys want to package it as, like if you're a purist, obviously you're going to care just because you like the sport. But at the end of the day, it's about putting butts in seats or getting clicks online or getting pay-per-views. You have to sell a product as entertainment because this is what it boils down to. Look how the NFL does it with the Super Bowl. I guarantee you, like, when Super Bowl comes around, more than half, not more than half, actually, yeah, about half of the audience doesn't even care what's going on. They're just going to it or watching it on TV or going to Super Bowl parties because it's an event. And the Super Bowl did it right when they started doing the whole commercial thing where all these different organizations and companies would create a special or a funny uh, or a tear-jerking commercial to get people's attention. So that's why they have the whole tagline, a Super Bowl commercial. Because then throughout the year, and it's really just now since it's like a lot of it and most people are not caring about it that much because some people don't watch TV anymore. But you remember like, certain commercials and how they made you feel and then you you recite them throughout the year nowadays it's like you only recite them for like two months but you remember that and i remember growing up since we didn't get all of the commercials we'd have to go on youtube and watch like the top 10 or top 20 super bowl commercials uh that aired on super bowl night right so it's a spectacle, and that's what people have to understand. It is a spectacle. So when it comes to boxing, yes, you want people to watch it because it's a boxing match. But at the end of the day, it's still a spectacle. And if I have no knowledge of, if I have no knowledge of the sport, and I don't really know what's going on, but I know. Mike Tyson is known for knocking people out really hard. Or I know that Ollie's going to go to distance. Or I know that um, Floyd's not going to get touched. I want to see that. Because I, as a casual fan, I'm going to understand that, right? And that's what we have to understand when it comes to boxing. We can't get caught up or fixated on, oh, it has to be this way because it's how it's always been. But, yo, you guys been getting crushed by UFC for the last, like, 10 years, almost. Because UFC was hot. It was new. The rate, at first, it was not. People weren't paying for it like that. But even still, like, as we saw when um Rampage Jackson was there and GSP was there and uh, Kimbo Slice, RIP Kimbo. When those guys were there, they brought eyeballs because I know Kimbo Slice was doing like the backyard brawls and stuff on the internet when the internet was starting to boom up on YouTube and stuff. You're bringing eyeballs because you have these different types of characters that people are interested in. 
And if you look at how Ali used the media in order to bring or taking pictures with the Beatles because they were the up and coming new group, arguably the greatest uh, music act of all time. I still think it's Michael Jackson, but that's fine. But the Beatles were coming up and then you have Ali coming up and they he used the media to its benefit by going on um, shows like David Frost's um, interviews and stuff and using this new media to gain attention, not only for himself, but for the boxing world as well. So more people are interested in his fights. Because the boxing fans are going to be boxing fans regardless. Like, I'm not, I don't think H, HBO, Showtime, and all these boxing promoters are concerned about the boxing fans. What they want to reach is people who aren't fans and make them become fans. So, I know a lot of y'all are going to disagree with me when I say this. I think YouTube boxing actually helped out boxing a lot. I think with these YouTubers, although a lot of people don't like it because it weakens the sport and you really can't play boxing, and they're going to say, like, you don't see, um, for example, who's another YouTuber? You don't see flight reacts <laughs> going to the NBA or stuff, right? But if you think about it, obviously, that's not going to happen, right? Because I know it's a league, right? So there's way there's not too many times you can do like you can actually go in and play. But however, what the NBA does do well is that they have a good like obviously they're a marketable sport. Is there is contact, but it's not that bad. It's easy to watch. Um, it doesn't like if you're a fan, you know more about this worse than the casual watcher which is like that with anything anyways sorry but going back to that point what they do well is when they have the celebrity games right so they're calling up kevin hart justin bieber all these different types of celebrities and they get to play a game and the celebrities bring in their followers and yeah, they watched them for that game, but it's a whole weekend thing. So the next day you're going to see the dunk contest and the day after that you're going to see the all-star game. So the NBA knows how to, how to market well. The NFL's following suit now. So that's why they're branching out into um, international sports. So that's what we need in boxing. And I think with YouTube boxing, it's going to be a good thing. Even though it did start like three years ago, the first match that we've seen on a high level for YouTube boxing was KSI and Joe Weller. I actually watched that match live and it was free. All right. And they were just doing it to settle beef. Right. To do it the right way instead of doing it the wrong way. KSI won that match. Then he called out Logan and Jake Paul. J Logan responded. 
And then I think it was later that year they did it again. And it was pretty good. And Deji, his younger brother, fought Jake Paul. And they had different YouTubers or yeah, different YouTube creators on, in the undercard as well. And I guess I was coached by uh, Vidal Riley, who is one of my favorite up-and-coming boxers right now. And honestly, it's just changing how the boxing world is. It's opening the doors for these kids, right? Because before this, most kids didn't really watch boxing unless they were boxing fans, right? Most kids weren't watching it. But now you have kids interested in it because their YouTube, their favorite YouTuber was in a boxing match. So then that, you fast forward to the next year where they do the Logan Paul KSI rematch, which wasn't as hyped as the first one in 2018. And throughout 2018, there was a bunch of them, right? But in 2019... This is the first time we saw them on an actual full card and they were headlining it. That's probably where people got upset. Is because of the fact that they were headlining in the event. Now, me personally, I don't have a problem with that. The reason why I don't is because, first of all, without them, the event would sell, but it wouldn't sell to that magnitude. Like, the zone pulled in money that time, and you had a bunch of celebrities because a lot of these YouTubers, they are the new celebrities. They are the new Hollywood. They're YouTube sensation, internet sensations. Like, kids growing up, they're going to care about these guys more than they're going to care about the traditional Hollywood um, or the traditional, like, celebrity list, like the A tier, B tier, all that stuff. Like, I think... Internet sensations like PewDiePie and those guys, they're going to stay here for a, a long time because at the end of the day, we're growing up on these guys. And for the most part, we care about these guys more than we do the the traditional Hollywood. Not to say that the musicians and artists and all those other people are not important, but it just goes to show you like our parents care about these guys like the traditional Hollywood people more so than they would care about like KSI or all these different YouTubers. So when it comes to, when it came to that fight, I had high hopes because I'm like, yo, this is the first time you're going to see actual YouTubers with no headgear, which is a big deal. So it's basically they're going to use, I think it was 10 ounce gloves or 12 ounce gloves. And they're using no headgear, so they're technically, it's amateur, but it's yet pro. It's basically their pro fighting right now on a live television pay-per-view on DAZN. DAZN, I really like DAZN, actually, because it's pretty inexpensive. Like, it's $150 for the year, and you get sports, <laughs> like, all different types of sports except for basketball. Like, I'm telling you, if I had, if they had basketball on it, it's a wrap. I would easily get it. I wouldn't even use cable. The only reason why I'm using cable is because basketball is not on the zone. If basketball was on the zone, I'm cutting cable, like, yesterday. Because I'm paying, like, $200 a month 
and I only had to pay 150 a year. And also, like, my parents like different shows and stuff, so whatever. But going back to the main topic, when it came to that fight, a lot of people hated the fact that YouTubers were headlining because they didn't really have much stats. They're like, yo, I have this many subscribers versus that many subscribers as a stat. So people thought it was a mockery to boxing. But my thing is almost like y'all ever watched the MTV show called Celebrity Deathmatch? It was kind of like that. It's kind of like bringing two separate worlds in together and then bringing more eyeballs to it. Now, just because people came to see KSI and Logan scrap doesn't mean they're not going to look at the undercards with Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia fight. I don't think he fought, actually. But I know Devin, Devin Haney fought. And you're going to see all these up-and-coming prize fighters, and you're watching them. And a kid that never watched boxing before but was watching it just because of KSI and Logan are seeing these uh, young boxers coming up saying, yo, this guy is actually pretty sick. Like, that's cool. Like, I'm actually interested. Like, let me go check out his Instagram and see what he's doing. And say what you want about Ryan Garcia. Like, some people don't take him seriously because he's on social media a lot more than the average fighter. But he's just basically leveraging it. And he's doing TikToks and on YouTube and all that stuff. But I think he's going to be that type of guy that all these young kids are going to look up to because of his social media present. Look at Juju from the NFL, right? Although I don't agree with his antics sometimes, he's going to have a lot of reach. Like the average football fan is not going to care about Juju that much in in comparison to other football players that are significantly better than him. However, the kid growing up in Pittsburgh is going to look at him as, like, that guy because he can relate to him because of his social media, and then he also watches him because he's on the Steelers. So the connection is going to be different. And that's what I liked about the KSI and Logan fight is because they're bringing a whole new generation who hasn't, who have not watched boxing before, and they're introducing them to the sport. Although they're not good boxers, in comparison to like the actual pros who've been doing it since they were like seven, eight years old, and that's what they do as a living. I think it doesn't hurt the business. I think it makes it better. I think it opens the door for these private fighters to even ask for more money because then more eyeballs are coming to the sports. Because, yeah, if I see... Who's a YouTuber I like? If I see PewDiePie play soccer, like, say he tries to join Liverpool FC, which I doubt he would because he's not really a soccer guy anyways, and I've never watched soccer before, and I see him play just because he's my favorite YouTuber, and then I see other people on that squad. I see Mohammed like go crazy and score like two goals per game. When I see that, then I'm like, wow, yo, this guy's nice. He's really good. He's really good at soccer. 
Like, I might even want to play soccer after seeing him play. And when you see the actual athletes play, you forget about the YouTuber playing that sport. If you guys understand what I'm trying to say. So what I'm saying is, is just because somebody brings you to the sport doesn't mean you're only staying for that person. Because when that when you compare that person to other people in that sport, you see the actual true athlete or the ones that are better than them. Then you realize, okay, like this sport is cool and you might like it or you might not like it at all. So it's a two-edged sword. But I think the eyeball, eyeballs to the sport are actually the beneficiary of this whole YouTuber boxing movement. And then you fast forward where Jake Paul is actually being becoming a pro fighter. And um, he beat a gamer called Anison Gibb, which was a decent fight for Jake Paul. But until he actually fights an actual boxer, I'm not going to give him as much credit as he deserves. Like, I'm not, I'm going to say he's nice. He can box. Don't get it twisted. He can box. Like, he's pretty nice. But I'm just saying, in order for me to actually classify him as, like, a good boxer, he actually has to fight not even a good fighter, but an actual, like, pro boxer in a match and win if we can do that then i'll say he's a boxer we're gonna take a quick break and then i'll wrap it up in the next section yo so we're talking about boxing and we're talking about youtube and how it's changed the fabric it's basically brought two worlds the internet world and traditional boxing together now a lot of purists do not like this and they think it's bad but a lot of the times People, when it comes to change, they don't like it. And I think when it comes to this specifically, people don't like the fact that YouTubers are shining over these guys. But what it really is, is doing the opposite. What these boxers should be doing is making more of a social media presence online so they can reach people. That's what, and Ryan Garcia, Vidal Riley, those people are the ones that are going to shine even more because of they're doing that because it's changing. It's not about traditional media anymore. I don't understand how you guys don't understand that. I don't understand how you guys are still stuck in your old ways about how it should be like I I think as long as these YouTubers actually pay homage to the sport and take it seriously you guys actually should be mad at Nate Robinson that's who you that's who I'm upset with because this guy I I yo here's the thing with Nate Robinson he's a true athlete watch him growing up growing up play basketball dunk contests, all these different things. He's dope. Like, he's an amazing guy. He's a nice guy, amazing um, athlete. Would love to meet him one day. But I was upset with this whole idea, this whole concept called the halo effect, which basically means that because 
a person who's good at one thing and really good at one thing and they excel at one thing, a lot of people think that they can do multiple things and that they're intrinsically good at multiple things because they're good at that one thing. So, for example, if a girl is pretty, right, and since she's pretty, there people deduce or beg the question that they that she will be good at I don't know mathematics. Not understanding that she might not be good at mathematics just because she's beautiful or just because she's articulate in English doesn't mean that she's going to be able to do all things. But we automatically assume just because they're good at one thing that they're good at all things. You guys can fact check me on that one, but I'm going to do it myself. But that's what I'm saying. It's like these athletes sometimes, just because you saw Bo Jackson be really good at two sports does not mean that they're good, (laughs) that they're going to be good at all sports. Okay, like that happens once in a lifetime. For example, like a Wilt Chamberlain, but we didn't really see him do that much. Or, uh, for example, who else? Yeah, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. I could say, I wouldn't say Michael Jordan, but I forgot who it was. Um, I could say Brock Lesnar, but then again, like, Pro wrestling, we know it's predetermined anyways. And, like, his NFL career wasn't that bad. But for him to even get on an NFL team is still a good thing because he didn't even play football growing up. So that, I don't know how he did that. But I think that's good. Like, I'd say maybe Brock. But at the end of the day, like, most people are usually just good at one sport. You can be athletic and like your athleticism can transfer to other sports pretty well. But the question is, are you going to be equally as good at one sport as to another sport? Like I said, really, there's only a few people who actually can. And most of it would be Dion and Bo Jackson, who are equally great at both sports. Key word, equally. Not they can play multiple sports. We have to be equally as good. So if you play basketball and play football, like are you as dominant in football than you are as you are in basketball? And some people can do that at certain stages in their life. For example, Allen Iverson played three sports in high school, but I don't think he would be as good in at the NFL level than he would be in the high school or college level. Because, like, you're talking about pros. Like, you're talking about people who do this for a living and study the game more so than kids in high school. That's just my opinion. And I was upset when it surfaced that he didn't even spar anybody. Like, he only trained, like, three months. So... I would be more upset at him than Jake Paul because Jake Paul actually took it very seriously, sparred like crazy, broke his nose in training. I don't even like Jake Paul like that, and I'm still giving him credit because he's actually putting in the work and not disrespecting the sport, thinking that, yo, because I'm an athlete, I could just hop hop over the ring, hop over to the ring, 
put on a pair of gloves and I'm easily going to snipe this kid who's been practicing boxing for the last, like, I don't know, like three years. Like, how is that even? That's who I would be upset with because that's a mockery. That's just thinking that, yo, that's being, like I said, overconfident to the point where you think you can't be touched just because you're good at this sport. And I hate when these athletes do that because it's like, bro, you guys, you guys have no concept of what it is. Or you should have concept of what it is to be able to be very skillful at a high level at your craft. And just to think you can, just because you're really good at that sport, you can hop over and play another sport. That's not happening. Like, I don't understand that concept or that ideal. So when he got knocked, <laughs> like, I was kind of happy because, like, bro, like, honestly, you deserve to get knocked out for that, bro. Like, you didn't even prepare at all. Like, if he actually prepared and tried, I would kind of be more sad. But, yeah, honestly, that's what you get. That's exactly what you get. That's what happens, bro. That's what happens, man. I think I forgot the quote it was it was George Washington, I think. But like I don't understand that logic when it comes to uh Yeah, when it comes to that logic but um Man, my thing is you got to respect the sport and actually put in the work. You can't just be like, yo, I'm going to wake up and just beat him. Like, that is like, fam, that's not happening. I thought he put in work from time. I really did. So that's why I was hoping that he would win, right? And honestly, it would have been a worse loss for Jake because, like, he actually wants to be a fighter. Like, Nate Robinson was just doing it just to do it, but... My man, this guy got the soul knocked out of him. Like, I've never seen anybody get knocked out like that in my life, bro. His trainers uh, offered him up as a sacrificial lamb. Like, that was pretty bad. That was very, very bad. And the memes obviously came, like, right after. And I'm like, brother... Whoever told you to do that doesn't love you. I'm I'm sorry, bro. Sorry, not sorry. They don't love you at all, my boy. I'm sorry, bro. But like at the end of the day, you live and you learn. And I guarantee you'll never do that again. And you learned your lesson, bro. And that's what happened. I know this is not supposed to be like me bragging on him. But I'm just showing you the contrast. In between the two, one guy who people wouldn't want to even put on a pair of gloves, which is being Jake Paul because he's a YouTuber, actually dedicated three years of his life to become a fighter or a decent fighter. Not saying he's going to be the greatest of all time. I doubt it because, like, he started at, like, what? I think he's a year older than me. So he started at, like, 21. Usually, you're not going to become the great. Like, you would have to put in work over time to be, like, one of the greatest boxers of all time coming from, a, like, a year of just being a content creator. 
Like, if he does it, then, like, I'll give him super amount of credit. I won't never say anything bad about him afterwards because, man, these guys who are actually world champions, like, they've been doing this since, like, some of them since seven or eight. Mike Tyson was a little bit later on. Like, he was 15, 16. But, like, usually they are starting when in their uh, either prepubescent or during their puberty stages or – um their adolescent stages, right? So to say that he's going to be a world champ when he just started when he was 21 and he's like 20, turned 24 this year, I doubt it. But anything is possible. We don't we don't know what happened, what will happen. But as far as what it seems, he's just picking like fights against like other celebrities and athletes that are not in the sport. So He's trying to get McGregor. We'll see what happens with that if he gets McGregor. I hope he gets either McGregor or Evander Kane. I think McGregor is a bigger draw. Like I said, this is entertainment as well. If you boxing fans want to say, yo, this is sports entertainment versus um, actual sport, whatever, you can make that argument if you want. Either way, it's still helping out your sport and getting more people to watch your sport because you want your sport to last even longer than it already is. So I don't care what you guys have to say. I'm sorry, not sorry, but at the end of the day, YouTube has helped it. And if you guys, you clowns actually wake up and look at the numbers and actually care about your sport, you'd be happy. Because at the end of the day, most people with common sense know that this is entertainment. Most people with common sense are going to look at the actual fighters and see, hey, these guys are actually better, okay? So we're going to watch the ones who actually dedicated their lives more so. They're going to watch a YouTuber. They're just bringing eyeballs to the sport to make more money for these people, to make more opportunities. That way, if these boxers out here follow what Ryan Garcia is doing, follow what uh, Floyd did, because Floyd pretty much did the same thing, if you think about it, what Floyd did, because I know Floyd's facing... um. Logan Paul, Jake's older brother. And we know that Jake Logan has no chance. If he actually wins, that's the biggest upset in sports history. I don't care what Buster Douglas did in 1990. That would be the biggest upset in sports history, hands down. Don't care. It's bigger than Auburn in Alabama in, like, I think it was 2013 or something like that. I don't care. That's the biggest upset if that were to happen. If a YouTuber beat the greatest boxer in our, in this generation. So if that were to happen, that would bring eyeballs to the sports. Am I going to watch the Logan and Floyd? Probably. But I'm really interested in uh, Gervonta Davis and um, Ryan Garcia. Because when that happens, bro, it's going to be a great fight. And that's on God, bro. Trust me. That's going to be a great fight. Like, that's a fight that I'm actually going to watch I'm actually interested. But going back to what I was saying, like, yo, if you bring eyeballs to sport and if they follow what Ryan is doing, follow what Vidal is doing and, like, growing your social media presence and getting more people to watch the sport, it's going to be around. Like, obviously, if you think about it, it's the same thing as hip-hop. Like, a lot of the OG hip-hop fans don't like the new artists because, like, they don't like the sound, and that's fine. I get it, but... As long as these new artists 
pay homage to people who came before them and pay homage and respect to those who lay the foundation. And I'm not saying they have to study it like I would because I'm a nerd. Like, if I like something, I'm going to study it to the beginning where it came from, da 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 blah, blah, blah. That's just me. I just like that because I want to show respect and actually gain knowledge about whatever I'm passionate passionate about. So it's the same thing with the hip-hop thing. It was like a lot of the OGs don't like it or the hip-hop purists or whatever don't like how commercial it's getting. But I'm like, it's only benefiting more of you guys because if they open the door and you go on Spotify and you start listening to a lot of these young rappers going up and then Spotify is going to recommend this and recommend that. And then you might go down the rabbit hole and say, Oh, run DMC. Who's that? NWA. Who's that? On public enemy. Who's this? KRS-One. Who's that? Biggie, Tupac. Who who are those guys? Like, what do they do? And you'll start going down the rabbit hole and start respecting the art for what it was at that period of time, but is at its peak now. It's only benefiting the whole. Don't look at it as a part that's discrediting it because most people, even if they never watched boxing before, they're going to know the difference. Like, I think you're not understanding that. That's the part. There's a, they're going to know the difference between that. And the more eyebrow eyeballs they bring to the sport, the better because that brings more paydays for the ones who actually deserve it. And that's what you want. You want Devin Haney to get like that big title match with that big, big um, prize or payday for him. That's what you want. That's what you need for these guys who actually care a lot about the sport. All I'm saying is as long as these YouTubers actually take it seriously, they actually train they do their homework and they put in the work. I don't have a problem with them becoming boxers. I have no qualms about it whatsoever. I don't care because at the end of the day, it's just adding more people to the sport that I love and it brings more excitement. And that's what boxing needs now is excitement, right? It's not going to cost you that much because most of the time, like if you look about it, like 10 years from now, the younger audience will care about the history about that. But like most people, like the general audience won't care. They'll care about the ones who are actual fighters. That's all I'm saying. And the whole Floyd situation, he's retired, right? But he's a name. And Logan's one of the biggest internet stars right now. So it's a name. And people are like, yo, it's a boxing match? Yo, let me get this pay-per-view. And if they have a solid undercard with actual fighters and building up to the match, they're going to be like, okay, wow. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I didn't see this guy before. And that's how you open the door. Stop being so close-minded, bro. I'm sick of you guys sometimes. And you guys on Twitter, sometimes you, you need to delete your account and never hop on Twitter ever again. Because sometimes you guys are talking and I'm not. Like, it doesn't make sense. You want your stuff to prosper. You want your favorite sport to not go under the radar. Look what happened to, what's it called? Like, in the 20s and the 30s, basketball wasn't even a thing yet, I don't think. 
Okay. Basketball was not a thing. Number one. Number two. Boxing was one of the most popular sports because I think boxing came around to America and Canada like late 1800s. I think it hailed from Europe, though. All right. But I'm talking about when it's like prize fighting and all that stuff. Like, not the bare knuckle boxing stuff. And they're like, yeah, put them up, put them up. No, I'm not talking about that. But, um, uh, going back to what I was saying, like, a lot of these guys in the 20s, they cared about boxing, baseball, and horse racing. I don't know about you. I only know, like, three people who actually watch horse racing. And that's only because they want to gamble. And number two, the other thing about horse, like like the horse shows or whatever, like the contests or whatnot, I know a girl who does that, but not too many people are. You never, I've yet to hear anybody saying, like, did you see that horse race at all? I've never heard that in, like, my entire life. Baseball was still relevant growing up. I still watched it because of Barry Bonds and stuff and um, A-Rod. And I still watch it in the playoffs only for the most part. And so it's still relevant, but, like, it's slowly dying because it's just not – you have to connect to the next generation, and it's not doing that well. And it needs to do it before it dies off where it ends up like horse racing. And horse racing still exists because there's still fans. Like I said, if you have fans, you'll still be around. You just won't be like the number one brand. And I think NBA is doing a great job. And I think boxing, if it does this type of stuff, it'll slowly grow and it won't hurt the sport because we know who the real players are. This is just bringing some hype to it. Kind of like what Vince McMahon did with wrestling. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review on Apple iTunes. Also, Share this with your family and friends on whatever social media platform you so choose to use. Also, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Make sure you do that, please, and thank you. And without further ado, this is your boy, Darius D, and I'm out of here. And just chill, just chill till the next episode, and y'all stay suave.